Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 113. The crew is joining you again, your weekly Magic the Gathering podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and on YouTube. So the crew, as always, is joining me again, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. Richard, what's up? Hey, guys. What's going on? What's happening? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Seth, how's it going, buddy? Good. What's up, guys? It's going well. And Chaz, as always, you're ever just covering everything Magic the Gathering related and focusing on the financial side of the, the game. Um, on the docket for today, we're just going to jump right in. We have a, a few things to talk about. We have the, well, Modern Masters 2017 released, so we're just going to get, just talk about, you know, box openings and, you know, the chatter on Twitter and and. If anyone went to pre-releases, just stories that we've heard. So everything, just Modern Masters 2017, now that it's released. Uh, that will bring us into two judge promos, uh, Avison Angel of Hope and Homeward Path. That uh, Then we'll talk about a unconfirmed Amonkhet card, uh, Dusk and Dawn. So you'll hear our thoughts about that. And that will bring us to... Might, mine vs. Might, uh, the, the full spoiler is released, the two deck lists, we get to see everything that's in the dual deck, and then we'll wrap things up with some fish mail. So, jumping right in, Modern Masters 2017, gentlemen, what do you think now that everyone has their hands on it? We'll start with you, Richard. So did anyone actually play Modern Masters 2017 this weekend? Uh, no. I, I did not. <laughs> so I did not. I had the choice, but I played modern instead because oh, okay. well, I really didn't want to open the fetch land lottery at draft. Like I, I really hate it when, you know, I got to pick that foil going <laughs> during draft. But at my store, there were eight full pods that fired. So 64 modern masters, 2017 players, uh, a lowly eight standard players. So <laughs> standard was at eight this week. And then I don't know, like 20, 30 modern players. And I watched a lot of people crack boxes this weekend. I watched all the YouTubers crack boxes. I watched Seth crack boxes. I watched people my LGS crack boxes. And it wasn't as exciting as the spoilers would have had me believe. It was really like, are you opening fetch lands? Yes, no. And, and that was it. And then maybe someone got a foil going for Liliana. <laughs> but I mean, it's just Tarmogoyf is no longer special. Uh, but the, I think the cool part is all the uncommons that were playable so you had a ton of uncommons that are playable which uh, really made you know the bad packs feel better uh, but it's at the end of the day it was just fetch land 2017 <laughs> and you know you and it was weird that a lot of people just got like the full spread of fetch lands like i didn't see anyone with like you know four scalding tarns but a lot of people just got like one of each for four of the fetch lands so i wonder if wizards did something weird to balance the boxes but, but yeah, fetch lands, and uh, I was trying to dig for burning tree emissaries. People were hoarding their commons like uh, no tomorrow. <laughs> Usually, people like open their boxes and throw away their commons and uncommons, and I'm like, yeah, I need four burning trees. Let me let me go grab some commons. But like, nope, everyone was super defensive about their commons. <laughs> so so no free commons for me. But yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. A lot of people were hyped. Well, so much hype. Uh, I'll, I'll go into mine, uh, Seth. What you actually opened a box on uh, on the YouTube channel. So, um, what'd you think? Yeah, I actually opened two boxes. I opened one uh, beforehand just for fun, and I managed to get two. So, so I opened one for fun, and it was pretty awesome. I was super hyped and got just some. I got really lucky. Essentially, I opened good foils. I got foil Blood Moon, foil Misty Rainforest in the same box, on top of just. The normal stuff, three fetches, uh, regular fetches, a damnation, stuff like that. So it was a really good box. Then I opened one for the YouTube channel, and it felt okay. Like, it felt like a below-average box. I didn't hit really any of the good rares. My mythics were bad. But I was amazed to find that when I added up the value, I had, I think, four fetches and just some other random stuff. And it was still, like, $200 or something at retail. So I felt like I opened a bad box. But it still really wasn't that bad of a box when it came right down to it value-wise. I think for me, though, disregarding the value, they were just awesome packs to open. Like, even if you toss value out of the equation, 
in, and I think the value was better, because I was, like, at least a little happy when I opened a Flicker Wisp, or an Inquisition, or a Path to Exile made up for some of the bad rare packs that I opened, but the big thing was, there's just so many good cards, even the valueless cards, as I was just flipping through the packs and seeing, like, Mystical Teachings, and Trilands, and Explorers, and Spell Pierces, even the cards that weren't valuable, I felt like, oh, I could actually, like, use these, like, they're actually playable, even if they're not valuable, and that was a nice treat, I guess, after, compared to a normal set where you literally just grab the commons and kind of throw them in the trash, like, there were actually playable cards in the commons and uncommon slots, even the ones that weren't worth money, so I had a lot of fun cracking them. I'm looking forward to the Moto release so I can actually uh, do some drafts, so... Yeah, I think that was like the biggest thing for me and especially over Twitter. Um, I actually, so I ran a poll on Twitter um, and 99 people <laughs> participated in the poll. So not 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 100, but uh, 80%. And so the poll was, I asked people, and that's why I asked you, Seth, because you've opened both and you did too, Richard. Like, how did you feel opening Modern Masters 2015? And now, you know, opening Modern Masters 2017 and 80% of the people that took place in the poll, I know it's not like a huge sample size, but uh, were, you know, felt that it was better. And I think the big reason is because you're exactly right, Seth, like, it, it's just, it's not a complete drop off from the mythic slot. I mean, there was a couple of good rares in 2015, but man, I look back and it was like, it was rough. I mean, there was just not a lot of stuff that was just not exciting. I mean, to bolster the common and uncommon spot. So uh, Modern Masters 2017 really from like top to bottom, I think was just much better because you at least knew like, yeah, you might get like a Simic Sky Swallower, but you could get like a couple, you know, good uncommons and even commons. And, you know, when your foil is one of those uncommons or commons, it feels a little bit better. So I think that was like the main thing um, in terms of drafting. I mean, I, People know me. I'm not really, like, a huge drafter. I've been drafting the normal sets that come out. I mean, and I'm fine with paying 15 bucks uh, and, and drafting because I like it, and when I don't pull, like, good stuff, it's okay. But uh, they were running uh, $30 drafts if you wanted, like, standard pack prize support and, like, almost $40 if you wanted Modern Masters uh, 2017 support. And I think this was at one of the cool stuffs. And I just, oh man, like forty bucks, like, and it, knowing me, like, and if I what I open, it's just I can't do that. So I'm always like, uh, I'll just, I'll just maybe grab a box down the line. But um, you know, I'm just happy to see everybody posting all their sweet polls. I, I do think it was better than just pulling fetches because I mean, you have a lot of stuff that you can open. Like, yeah, there's a couple stinkers, but. I mean, there was still a lot of stuff you can open, like Damnation, Blood Moons, like all this stuff is still pretty good. Did you guys see the Reddit post about the guy who opened a box and his most expensive card was Path to Exile? Yeah, that's <laughs> that has to be the worst. There are some stinkers in there. And then there's yeah. the, the flip person that's like, oh, I got Foil Liliana and Foil Goif, no problems. <laughs> so, oh, quick question for you guys. Would you rather open two boxes of a standard set with the chance of a masterpiece or a box of modern masters given that they're roughly equivalent two boxes of a standard set or one box of modern masters and are, are we assuming that ev isn't a concern just based yeah, on the fun, cards okay. yeah just for funsies I yeah. I would have more fun opening one Modern Masters box just because there's so many more cool cards compared to standard where like the commons and uncommons just usually aren't exciting and, and Modern Masters kind of solves that problem so I'd choose Modern Masters. Yeah, I, I think it has to be Modern Masters only because I mean not just for Modern there's just like applications for more of these cards like for other deck building and and you get that foil every pack so. I would take my chances with the foil of every pack and maybe getting a masterpiece. All right, so we should do away with masterpieces and just randomly insert fetch lands <laughs> into our standard sets. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, so so getting down to it, though, the, the variance was, like, if you were one of those people that, like, there there were some really bad boxes, but I think overall people... I mean, I saw a lot of people all over the social airways and even like just talking to people that were generally happy with their purchase. And like I said, I mean, 
I think the average, I looked at the numbers, I pulled them from Reddit that it's like two a box for fetch lands. But I mean, I think you're right, Richard, that they, they always ended up being like two different fetch, like they're always different fetches. Um, but yeah, it, it, for a lot of them, I know the average is two, but a lot of them, it kind of looked like a, like a cons box, right? Like you always pulled like at least like three fetches and then like every cons box which was like over the average. So I, I think everybody overall, like this is, I think the huge success is that just top to bottom, they kind of condensed like all that. They didn't just condense all the value in one rarity that they kind of d evenly distributed it because um, you wrote that article set. So I don't know if anyone actually went back to read the 2015 article that you did for the EV. Um, and that's why I posed the question because the EV was almost like direct, like literally the same. Yeah, I mean, the big deal is, and while there were bad boxes this time around, there were way more bad boxes last time around, because it, you were really at, like, the Tarmogoyf or Noble Hierarch. There were, like, a handful of Mythics and a very small number of rares that were actually relevant at all, when I think there was just a lot more depth to this set. So even though there's always going to be feel-bad boxes, no matter how good the set is, you can be the, the person that draws ten lands in a row off the top of your deck, essentially, the box-opening equivalent of that, but... I think there were way less bad boxes this time around because the set just had a lot more depth to it. So even though the EV was similar, I think it, it feels better to most people because of right. the depth. And to that, and to that person, like, obviously it sucks, but to the person who your best on, you know, the best card in the box was a path for modern masters, 2015, the best, best card you could have hoped for. Like if you weren't hitting any of the cards was a remand. So, I mean, I mean, literally, that's it. I mean, there was like w your your best car could have been a mold drifter. I mean, I'm serious. Like the the I look back, like man, it was brutal. <laughs> like I didn't even know some of these cars. I was like, wow, <laughs> where did they pull these cars from? Uh, so yeah, I think it was overall a great experience, and that's great to hear. I mean, that's really what it's about is promoting modern, getting people, you know, and not even just modern, like anything really, just promoting like these sets as you know being successful like this and people opening the product and overall being generally pleased with this you know eight out of ten people even in my poll would have been happy so i think that's really where you want to be yeah the good news is i actually had a couple of people ask me what they want uh, what they should play in modern because of modern masters 2017 at fnm so next week we should see the influx of modern masters uh the influx of modern players from modern masters so we'll we'll see where modern goes from here. Maybe it'll be hyped up. Maybe wizards will add some coverage back in, or maybe they'll just leave it alone. But people, non-modern players, uh, are interested as well. So that that's a good thing. Yeah, and again, I, I think um, uh, Seth. I don't know if you've been monitoring the prices at all. I mean, this is like the success that you want. Like the, the right cards are decreasing. Where like. Modern Masters 2015, yeah, there was some stuff like, now actually you look back and there's like actually some really good stuff in there like Mox Opal in the Mythic slots and stuff like that, but I mean it, it, there was just, n like you had a couple cards, like Daybreak Coronet was just like a $30 card for no reason, I don't know if people really like remember that, but uh, <laughs> but overall there was just a lot of stuff in there that just was not worthwhile, so I think people are getting behind the fact that the right cards are in here and, you know, de lowering the barrier, you know, by a great, great margin already. Yeah, this felt like Modern Masters in the sense that it actually had modern playables in it, where some of the old ones were Modern Masters just because they were expensive cards that happened to be in Modern, because they were really old and low supply. So I think it kind of met its goals better this time. One of the interesting things, Jazz, I wanted to ask you this. I don't know if you've been uh, keeping up on the prices too much, but we've kind of seen the top maybe 10 cards in the set, like, stabilized. Some of them are actually up over the week and in the last couple days. So do you think we're going to see more declines from the Fetchlands, Tarmogoy, Filiana, or are they pretty much at their getting near their floor already? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember someone tagging us uh, in this. Um, I think it's hard to tell. I mean, it's only been a few days, but I think now this is barring I don't know if there's going to be additional like releases like there was like Eternal Masters. So not knowing that, uh, I think 
uh, it will be like a conspiracy. Like there's just a lot of it at once and people are just opening it up all at once. And then like in the beginning, like maybe the first month or so, and then you will start to see that stable, you know, prices being stable. I, I don't think we're it's going to be trending right back. I mean, it's only been a couple of days. So, I mean, there's going to be more of these drafts happening. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't think we should call it just yet. Um, I think there's a lot more of this product to be opened. Um, but it's weird because, you know, normally you would you would have this, like, time frame – and we've looked at the previous Modern Masters. It's usually like six months or so, but I just don't know with this like second wave thing like Eternal Masters. Now, if that doesn't happen, I think it might take a little bit longer, but some of these big marquee mythics like have always just kind of dipped and then just kind of stabilized. But even if they're stabilizing now, I mean, that's still a pretty significant decrease. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if this is as low as uh, the fetch lands and some of those really chase cards go, it's still a success. It's like half price of where they were pre-reprinting, which is which is great. So I just, I don't know. Fetch lands in specific, I've been burned by them on Magic Online before when they have flashback drafts thinking yeah. that they're going to drop in price and actually there's just so much demand for the fetch lands that they actually increase while the supply is entering the market which it sounds insane so I don't know I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to think we're not going to see much more of a decline from the top the top handful of cards like the top 10 cards right. in the yeah, set prob- yeah I, probably not but again like it's only been a few days I think there's a little you know, time to at least, you know, for those of you that are saving funds or what have you, that, you know, you don't feel the need to like do it right this second. I think there's still at least a little bit of time that you're not going to like suddenly miss out. But yeah, I do think like the big marquee stuff, like it's going to decrease and then likely not like they're, they're going to stabilize whether, you know, more box openings and more drafts happen, but uh, there's still a lot of product out there. All right, so uh, moving on, we had two judge promos. So we have Avison, Angel of Hope, and Homeward Path. So just wanted to get people's, uh, you know, your guys' just general thoughts about that before we move on to other stuff. What do you think of the promos? So have they exclusively gone to commander playables for these promos? Because almost all of them have been commander relevant, right? Like Avison, obviously very powerful in EDH. New art. Uh, what do you guys think of the new art? It reminds me of some Renaissance painting I would see in Europe somewhere. Uh, I actually have to look and see what it looks like. I don't. What? I don't remember what the new art <laughs> <What>? looks like. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it lo- It looks good. So, so Amazon has new art. Homeward Path is the same art. Yes. I really love the new Avison art. That's just me. She, she's <laughs> green, in my opinion. I mean, Howard's great, so I mean... <sighs> she needs to wear... She looks like Nissa, kind of. <laughs> like, gotta get rid of the green robes, and I think it'd be pretty sweet. I like the pose. Mm, yeah, I mean, I like the I like the palette, so I'm, I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Like, I, yeah, I, but I don't know. I think you bring, raise a good question, Richard. I don't know when they decided to, like, switch to these... Like, well, I guess it makes sense, actually, because didn't, like, a group of judges create the EDH format, so maybe you want to give them EDH cards? I don't know. I don't even know. How are these promos even given out now? (laughs) I have no idea. They're not given to me, that's for sure. (laughs) That's all I know. I was hearing a little bit of this on... on Twitter, and apparently there's something called the Exemplar Program, and it sounds like, from what I gather, is the judges basically... Uh, kind of vote on the best judges or choose who they think are the best judges or who's deserving of these and those are the people that actually get the promos from the exemplar program interesting so it's not all judges it's the ones that are voted on by their peers essentially to be the most deserving judges the ones that are deemed worthy of wielding avison in commander <laughs> it's like guys i have a calistia attack i'm missing an avison please, please i need this <laughs> please i'm a good judge right <laughs> um so yeah i mean if you can get a hold of one i mean so this is like the second non-way traditional printing of avison because there was the there was the from the vault printing, the original printing, and now this one. So 
I don't. I don't. It's probably oh, the art from around? the vault. Was it the original? Same art? one. Say yeah. It was the uh, Avison restored art. I don't think that we've ever seen judge promos really have a meaningful impact on prices. They're just no. They're so low supply that they're just very rarely relevant. So I don't yeah. expect this to have any real impact on the price of Avison, but it's right. cool because. It, if you are someone who likes to uh, bling out your EDH deck or whatever, it gives you an option that you didn't have before, and it, it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, the judge, these kind of promos are almost in, like, their own kind of, kind of like, nebula. Like, they're kind of their own little thing because there's just not, there's just not a, a lot of them, and it's basically these pro- judges who are receiving them, so it's really, like, what they want to charge. Right? Like, it's not... It's not like everyone's opening these. So, I don't know. They're really not indicative of other things. Yeah, they are kind of in their their very own thing. I don't know if we've even seen any prices yet. There's none listed on the Goldfish site, and I I haven't checked eBay, but uh, it's possible that they're just uh, not out there yet. I don't even know if they've been delivered yet, actually. So, it'll be interesting to see where the prices end up once it finally happens. I have seen that they've been delivered. That I do know. I don't know about prices though. I have seen like screenshots of like multiple people putting them on, you know, various things, mo- mostly Facebook, so. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yep. All right, moving on. <laughs> the unconfirmed Amonkhet card uh that is making its rounds around the internet. Uh so we get Dusk and Dawn and I let me get the I guess the translation here. Do you have that on hand, Richard? Yeah, so this was apparently pulled from Modern Masters 2017 booster pack. And this isn't unprecedented. We've had random cards from the future mistakenly packed into uh, current sets. So what we have here is like Cardception. You have like a card with another card that's sideways in it. (laughs) So the first card uh, is Dusk. Two white white. Sorcery. Uh, destroy all creatures uh, with powers three or greater. And then the, the sideways card inside is three white white dawn sorcery. And it has a, a new mechanic consequence. Cast the sorcery only from your graveyard, then exile it. Uh, return all creatures with power less than or equal to two from your graveyard to your hand. So we have flashback esque cards where the flashback part does something different and it's actually its own card. Yeah. It's it's like split cards and with flashback like did the fusion dance and now we have like an actual card. And, and so this is actually rare too. This is the, and, the and rarity. This is a rare. Rare. Yeah, yeah. Um so what do you guys think? Uh Richard <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's a little weird. You're like, why is there a card in a card? And every time I see a split card, I immediately cower in fear because it's going to break the website. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) I like it because it it opens the opportunity to do all kinds of different things. Now, like the, the front card can be a sorcery and then the flashback part could be an instant. Or it could be a creature, and then when it dies, you can cast it as an instant or something from your graveyard. So by making it a separate card, it has a different converted mana cost, it can have a different color, and it can have a different type, which is different from flashbacks. So I like where this is going, even though it's a little weird that we have a card in a card. But, you know, Magic's been around for 20 years or something, almost 25 years. You know, we got to keep innovating, and so now... We have cards within cards. I'm waiting for the card with a split card inside of it. So you have three cards in one. And we've almost had that, right? We have like <laughs> the manifest cards or whatever. Because there was like yeah, face yeah. down, face up, and manifested or morph? What, what was the combination? Oh, one one oh, of these yeah, cards yeah. had like three states. It was either manifest um, or morph. There was some combination there, but... You also but had the Kamigawa split cards, which were like two different cards, kind of. Yeah, you, you had the, the upside down cards, you had the split cards, and you had the split cards with Fuse. Mm-hmm. So this... 
I, I need a card that's five colors, but each part of it is just one color. <laughs> so like the front and back are like split. <laughs> Seth, what do you think of this? Obviously, it's early, and we don't know all the ramifications, and Richard has sort of sold me on the idea that maybe there's some cool things that can be done with this design, but it is so inelegant and just so ugly looking. Like, I, the, just the aesthetics of this card really bothers me. It just looks weird. There's borders everywhere. The art on one part is, like, really tiny, and I just... I don't like how it looks. And it goes back, there was an article that Reddit found uh, by Aaron Forsythe like 10 years ago talking about why they don't use a split card design more often for things like flashback and so forth. And it basically came down to it's really inelegant and it just doesn't look good. So we try to stay with the status quo as much as possible because it looks best. And, and that's my main gripe I guess with this card is I just think it's really ugly and uh, I don't know the effect whatever like it's the first card we've seen even if this one isn't super powerful it's very likely there'll be powerful cards with the mechanic like being able to flash things back from your graveyard for value is an inherently powerful ability so I'm sure there'll be good ones even if this one's not I just don't like how they look that's what makes it real right <laughs> yeah, that has to be real. That who, is, would, who would think of this? Uh, that that is my theory. It's like when they have those true crime stories, and they're like, "If this was a Hollywood movie, you wouldn't believe it." So it has to be real. That's how this card is. No one in their right mind would make a fake card that looked like this because it's just too far fetched. I don't even. Yeah, I, I don't even That's think you can like, think it. this up. <laughs> they they went back Imagine. to the Aaron Forsythe article. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so again, it's unconfirmed. Um, so the language was Portuguese, and you know these people, you know, you know, a few people from Reddit are claiming that, you know, they were pulled from Modern Masters packs. We know that that's pretty much like a boo boo. Like I don't think they really intend to do that. So there has to be some kind of mess up at the printing. But okay, so at first, like you look at this, you're like, Whoa, like what is, what is going on? And I was kind of like that too. I'm not, I'm just going to admit it. Like I was like, Whoa, this is kind of like weird. Like, I, I don't really think I like this. And then like, yeah, between, you know, what you said, Richard, like there could be some really interesting designs. There could be some creatures that do this, like creatures that turn into spells or like sorceries that turn into instants or what have you. So that could be pretty cool. Um, I, I just think the, so the, the design I'm cool with. Like, I'm really, I'm still hyped for Amonkhet. I think this is actually really cool in terms of design, uh, how this can, you know, play out and what we can see in the set. I, I just think there had to be something better they can do with the with the layout, so the actual layout of the card. Because, again, like, th just the art, I think the abrupt, like, change in direction is a little, like, it's, it's just not, like, it's not appealing to the eye, but... Again, so I, I made a mock-up on Twitter. If you know my Twitter handle's in there, you can go see that. You know, maybe that's where they were going for it. So I kind of just did a very crude mock-up of you know it sitting in your graveyard, and you can kind of flip it, and you have a actual full right-side-up card that's kind of just sticking out, almost like a like a tab uh, in your in your graveyard. So I guess that makes sense. That you know, so I can get behind the the idea a lot. You know, the ideas there. Uh, in terms of their design. My, my question for you guys is, uh, granting that they can probably do cool things with this mechanically and in design, why wouldn't they just make this like a flip card or a Kamigawa split card or some something where you can do the same stuff if you want to have a sorcery that becomes an instant or a creature that becomes a sorcery in the graveyard. Like, couldn't they do that with a design that is less jarring and just ugly? Yeah, they probably could have, but it, it, I think Richard kind of just nailed it. The game's been a long, around for a long time. Like, you got to try to at least mix things up, right? Like, you, at least try. Would you take this or checklist cards? Because I would take this. Yeah, I did not like checklist cards. I never like checklist cards. Checklist cards are pretty bad, but couldn't it just be a flip card <laughs> on one side and then you flip it over in your graveyard and the other well, then side? Then you need a checklist card. Then right? you need a checklist card. Gonna, oh, you mean the, the vertical horizontal oh, flip? Oh, yeah. I yeah, but then the problem is it's like what's the point of having that because it's like I think the whole point of this is like it's a new spell in your graveyard. So that's why that second part is like the entire card 
width. Like, and so when you flip it, you can see the card, and it's like the entire card because you know people were trying to people were trying to discuss this, like why, how would this work, and this, that, and the other thing, like how you would layer your graveyard, and I just couldn't see like how it would work other than doing that. Like, I guess you can stack your graveyard in a way it where it's like the same way as up. any other pile of cards. It's a pile yeah, of cards that's what I'm saying. you leaf through it when you want to read what you right. have. I mean, at least for this, like you could do something cool. I, I don't know, but I hope that there there's like, it's perforated between the one card and the other. So you can kind of split them in half and have like travel size cards with the little ones <laughs> for when you're, when you're driving around and stuff. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. We should, do um, that. we should make but... a deck of mini cards. Take all of the like split fuse cards. These these new consequence cards. Mini magic. That new, we <laughs> created a new format. <laughs> uh... Two to a sleeve. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the card itself, I mean, it's cool. I, I it's hard to gauge, you know, what we can expect just from one card. We obviously know. Well, again. It's unconfirmed, but assuming it's going to be a rare, okay, it's a rare. I mean, you know, it's kind of like a, a one part Yeheni's expertise, and you know, the other side is, I guess, like a rally or something like that. Yeah, it's a it's a really weird card because if you're rafting the board, are you really playing a bunch of uh, two or less power creatures <laughs> in your deck? So it's. I don't know. It's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm playing like tribal dwarves. Surprise! Wrap the board and then bring them all back. Like, yeah, that's it's a weird area. The wrath for the aggro deck isn't something that you really see. <laughs> yeah. So when looking just... at this, I just look at the front half of it. I guess so like is four mana conditional wrath where you kill everything with power three or greater. Good enough. I mean, in our current standard, no. I don't know if a four-mana no, unconditional so. wrath that kills literally everything is good enough in our current format. But I think the interesting part, though, is there probably are cool things you can do. Uh, building decks where your goal isn't so much to cast the front half, but to mill it, to dredge it into your graveyard. So I'm excited to see what other designs there are. This one in specific is even kind of cool. Like, if you can just mill a whole bunch of cards, you'll naturally mill this, and if they're small creatures, you can just flash it back and get back all the creatures you dredged into your graveyard or milled into your graveyard. So I think there's some cool possibilities uh, with that aspect of the card. Yeah, it's also really good for limited. I mean, when do you see cards like this stapled onto, like, a Wrath? I mean, normally you don't get that. So, I mean, later in the game, you can just kind of out attrition your opponent when you can bring back all your threats. Assuming, you know, you have a lot of them. Yeah, any any <laughs> Wrath Limited is good. A Wrath with a rally attached to it kind yeah. of is uh, pretty good. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited. I think, uh, like I said, the design, I think, is great. There's there's obviously a lot of things you could do with this. The, the formatting of the card was a little, like, you look and you're like, whoa. Like, when you first see this, I mean, if you've been playing the game a long time, you're like, what is going on? But, I, you know, I'm coming around to it, and I can see at least the idea behind it. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for the split planeswalker. Yes. <laughs> Just so they can fit Ooh. as much oracle text onto this card as possible. Well, actually, couldn't you do something similar like the Origins planeswalker? Oh, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if you could fit a Planeswalker text on there, but I guess you could, right? It's going to be Nicole Bolas. It's going to be a little, little tiny oh, Nicole yeah. Bolas. Here we go. I got a card. Gideon's Last Stand. So the front side, the, the, yes. the normal card is Gideon. But when Gideon dies, he becomes a four-mana Wrath. Interesting. So Gideon dies, and then and then you Wrath with the leftover of Gideon's remains. Yeah. I mean, there's no... That would be pretty sweet. And then Gideon dies in the story, obviously. So yeah. yeah, there's no like, there's no rule on how many how many abilities the Planeswalkers can have, right? Not that I can recall. Is there? Uh, I don't think there's a rule. There's the rule that we only have so much cardboard, so usually four <laughs> four yeah. maxes is it out. Right. So if you could make something like that, which like Richard said, like you could, I guess, have like a mini Walker. That actually goes back into what you said, Seth, uh, with your article that's promoting a lot of controversy. But uh, maybe that's how you scale back a planeswalker. You could have like 
just a planeswalker that it flips to with the consequence thing, um, and you have like two, just two abilities on it or something. Going deeper with this, uh, this kind of seems very likely that Amonkhet's going to be graveyard themed. We saw yes. the the Nicole Bolas uh, plant card that works from the graveyard. It kind of makes sense with the Egyptian theme, and now these cards. So it's going to be interesting, but I would bet that uh, it's going to be a graveyard theme set, and I really hope that this isn't a disaster in Rally 2.0 and we have, have some way to interact with the graveyard. Please, Wizards, if you're listening. Don't bet on it. <laughs> no. I asked... <laughs> So funny, so funny little off-topic thing. I asked, I was like, I hope we get Relic or Progenitus, and they were like, I hope we get Relic, and they're like, and, and there were some people on Twitter that were like, so we're going to get a, a Relic of a God that's on another plane in Amaket? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> relic of Bolas. <laughs> there you go, same thing. All right, so moving on, uh, we have the entire deck list of Mind vs. Might, the full deck list, and there's no ancestral vision. So, there you go, Seth. You're right. You want me to tell you you're right? There you go. You were right. I was wrong. That's what everybody wants to hear, right? It's okay. It's okay to Shocker. be wrong, everyone. Shocker, like $50 card, not in $25. It was in a dual deck it. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like 5 bucks. In fact, you know what? Now I'm actually surprised that there wasn't any Greater Gargadon in there. Now I'm like actually like legitimately yeah, well, perplexed that there was no. It's a spell slinger deck, so it makes sense that they didn't. They went in that direction. <sighs> I mean, the decks look all right. Some people mentioned that they increased the price because they were going to be better decks, yeah. and I don't know if these strike me as significantly better than past ones. Maybe they are, but. I don't know. I mean, the decks are fine. The chase card is uh, Beacon of Tomorrows, essentially, is almost 10 bucks, but that's kind of because it's really old and never been reprinted, so it's one of those cards that probably shouldn't be 10 bucks. It's just old and casual staple, but I don't know. They seem reasonable, but not significantly more exciting than past dual decks that I've seen. So can I buy two of these and make Modern Storm? <laughs> no. it looks... Uh, you got you got a bunch of uh, I don't know. You got empty the warrens. <laughs> you got goblin. Yeah, Electro you do. Answer. Or you can have you, three, can you three buy... rift bolts. You have three rift bolts. That's pretty good. It feels like these are like almost like it feels like it could be an EDH deck, but then you don't have enough cards. It feels like it could be a storm deck, but then you're missing your cantrips. It feels like it can be a suspend deck, but that's not really a thing in a constructed format. So it's weird. I wonder what these are targeted. To, and this seems very complex for for new players. Like you have suspend, and you have all of these on cast triggers and things like that. Just storm and yeah, and storm in general. I mean, okay, so th the two front cards are obviously great. Like the promos are cool. The new art on a lot of these cards are really good. Uh, we get call of the herd again. I mean, I don't know what that's all about, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not see where did they actually just so I actually don't know where did they actually say that they were going to increase the price because of the the decks like how they're constructed like they're the, the MSRP is listed at twenty four ninety nine right but, normally... so they didn't actually say that they were doing that like because the decks were going to be yeah I don't think they explicitly said anywhere oh, okay. I mean aside from the fact that they list the price at twenty four ninety nine so are they okay so that's definitely more than what they usually are I don't actually remember offhand but that, sure they're always nineteen ninety nine. Okay, because I don't. From what I've seen, just already uh, stores posting this for pre-order, like aren't even charging twenty four ninety nine. So yeah, usually they probably definitely the MSRP is twenty, and you can buy them for fifteen. Okay, sometimes down to twelve. Uh, I haven't seen what the. Let me check. I think the price on Amazon is like yeah, twenty one dollars right now. Okay, so um, it's, it's still five dollars more than the previous ones. All right. Um, I mean. Coat of Arms was like eight, what eight bucks? Beacon of Tomorrow, like you said, Seth was like almost ten bucks. I mean, Mind's Desire. So there's like some cards in here, but I don't know. 
I don't know. If you're going to play with them, I'm sure they're probably fine, and uh, 20 bucks or whatever it ends up being uh, to battle sure. some duodex against your friend, yeah, yeah. it probably isn't a horrible deal, but I I don't see anything that makes me think, oh, I can like buy these for a profit, or it's going to be worth, worth it no. for me to buy these because of MTG Finance purposes or anything. No, no, definitely not. I mean, like I said, some of the new art is interesting. I, I like don't offhand, like guttural response, I don't think was even like a thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't been for a long time. I remember it when it was a few dollars, but <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Like for, for two people, you know, trying to get into the game or just want to pick this up for fun or something like that, like 20 bucks, you'll probably get your 20 bucks worth. Like there's some, there's some stuff in there for, like you said, for finance purposes, like I don't see this as a thing, but I, I can't remember. So there's two different dual decks. There's the one with the Planeswalkers and then these. Like I can't even remember other than like the really early ones that have even been like super exciting. I always remember like the, the Planeswalker ones make sense because you have Planeswalkers, but... I think that they've somewhat gotten less exciting because at least the summer ones, and maybe they'll still do this, usually have a card from the new set, like we had Pelucranos was the like the, right. the face card, oh, so you yeah, get this right. like early spoiler, and it's kind of exciting because of that, but you don't get these, and it might just be because it's the, the spring edition or whatever, and mm-hmm. they'll do that again for the summer one, but I think those ones are the, the more exciting of the faction versus faction ones, or the ones that get the spoiler card. Yeah. Oh, well, no... No uh, ancestral visions, no uh, greater Gargadon, but what can you do? Got the deep sea cracking in there, though. Come on. <laughs> why, why couldn't that? You could have thrown the Gargadon in there. Come on. It's it's such a weird mix. Why? I don't know why you have suspend and like arcane together. Yeah. How did the unspeakable get in there? Like, how did that thing sneak in there? Of all cards. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> you return your desperate ritual. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, man. The synergies. Come on. The arcade synergies. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, oh, well. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like, the Zozu's really sweet. Like, that's that's a really sweet one. So, props to uh, Wayne Reynolds on that one. So, I guess, uh, fish mail? All right. So, here's where we answer your questions on air. So, if you have a question... Tweet at MTG Goldfish, hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll try to get to your questions. First question from two send threes. Do you think Wizards will print another unhinged slash unglued type set? Would people buy it in the current climate? Ooh. Jeez. I don't think so. There's... If you follow Mero in his blog, I'm pretty sure his his life's goal is to make a third unset, but he can't sell the hierarchy at Wizards on it. So I I don't think it's going to happen, but if you want to unset, email Wizards, make it happen, because that's what Mero has told his followers. Like, if you want to see this, get in touch with people and tell them that you really want to see it, because he really wants to do one, but everyone else is unsold on the idea. Yeah, something doesn't jive with me here. If Wizards says Commander is one of their most popular formats, you know, casual kitchen table format, why do they not make an unhinged slash unglued set? Like, this is what it's made for, playing these weird cards that do weird things in a casual setting with your friends while you're having a beer, right? So I'm ready for an unhinged or an unglued. I'm ready for some more full art lands if they want to throw that in as well, but... I like those weird cards where you, they just have weird mechanics that you would never seriously consider for tournament magic. And it's a casual environment, so like, why not? So, question, Richard. Would you yeah. buy a box if they made it on set? I would buy singles. <laughs> I, I would buy cards to put in my commander deck. I would love to play with unglued and unhinged cards in my commander decks. I wonder if they could make an un, uh, unglued or unhinged set that was actually commander legal. I think that's like that's, the, that's the, the sticking thing. point that, is yes. it's not legal in any format. So if they it's, could somehow yeah. keep the flavor and the funniness, but make them 
real enough that you could actually play them some si- uh, someplace outside of literal, completely casual kitchen table, no rules. But Commander's not even sanctioned, so like, what does it matter as long as you and your friends are cool with it? Yeah, I guess you can like house rules it or whatever, but I don't think you could show up to your LGS to play Commander with it. You'd probably get yelled at by someone. Uh, so... <sighs> And this is, I think this is like the current climate. Like, yeah, they were fun. I actually remember the very first, uh, or so, Unhinged, and then there was, what was it? It was Unglued and Unhinged, right? Uh, so Unhinged, and, you know, yeah, it was funny that, like, people were ass-whooping, like, stuff on the other table, and it was generally a good time. But, I mean, the problem is is that, and I don't want to be, like, you know, a downer on this one because I, I did enjoy myself. It was fun, but the the, the problem is, is like the only thing that was really pushing these was like the, the full art lands, and now you have like full art lands like everywhere. So, so, so you know how Reddit, the front page of the Magic TCG Reddit is just memes and uh, uh, s exclamation posts. Yeah. <laughs> That could be the entire set of Unhinged, Unglued. Just all memes, and it would sell like wildfire. I'm telling you, <laughs> they do not understand their audience. Uh, did you even see the, the recent thread about all the memes for Magic Cards on the Reddit? Yeah, there's like so many of them. And each one of them can be a card in the set, and people would buy it just for the meme factor. I, I guess... I don't know. <laughs> this is the the age of the internet. We can have our memes on cards now. Come on. <laughs> we can do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, I guess it's a good time, but I, I, I lean towards, you know, again, in this climate, like, where people are a little more conscious about price and value and, and stuff like that, that I just, I don't know how you sell it. Oh, we're just too serious now. Magic is about having fun and unglued. It is about having fun. The problem it, is, it is like, having fun without... The DCI coming in and stomping yeah. on you for things that don't make any sense in the rules world. I mean, I, I have plenty of fun, but again, like, I can still have fun and then still use the cards in, like, my EDH deck. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I guess throw, like, four art lands in there yeah, again. Yeah, throw four art, sell, land, so four art lands to make sure it sells. <laughs> Put in some expedition uh, fetch I just, lands, like, just in case. I just remember, <laughs> like, everyone frantically cracking the packs to try to get the foil island, and when you didn't get the foil island, like, like it was such a like downer <laughs> or foil any land and it was just like ah and then like all right i guess i'll draft like begrudgingly <laughs> like, come on. Uh, i wonder if there's a way they could just do it instead of an actual product and maybe it wouldn't be worth it to just do like a league at local game stores or some sort of like special event that had it because i i just don't know if it's financially viable as far as people buying booster boxes and stuff yeah, with this i don't know if the no. market's there but i think there would be a market for like hey show up on this certain day and do a pre-release type event for a for a new unhinged or unglued set i think that would probably work but i just can't imagine going to my LGS and be like, hey, here's $100. Give me a box of Unhinged or Unglued, please. You know what? I solved it. Just put a foil land in every one of the packs. There you go. <laughs> just just do every what pack I... comes with Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> do what I said and just, you get a land and it's also foil and then there you go. You got at least like the pack back, so whatever. Or like half the pack and then you don't feel as bad. Alright, so I solved it. All right, next question from T Laser. Are Guildgates and Trilands first pick worthy for Modern Masters 3? I thought they'd cycle back to me, but they never do. Seth, you're the only one that drafts Modern Masters. <laughs> Is mana fixing worthy of a first pick? Uh, I'm waiting for the release on Modo to actually start jamming events, but I assume that at least the Tri-Lands, I don't know if I'd say first pick worthy. I don't think I would take those over most of the the rares or the other bomb cards, but when you get to the, like, third through sixth pick range, especially in this set, which is kind of based on three colors, multicolor, then I think you would start looking at Tri-Lands and stuff. So not first pick, but I don't think you're going to expect the good fixing to come around the table. But, of course, this is in the dark because it sets on a moto yet, and I'll know more in a week once the drafts have fired. All right. Next question from Raphael Simonelli. Thoughts on Planeswalker decks making Rest in Peace slash Pithing Needle standard legal? Uh, I mean, that would be a way to do it. Uh, You definitely could use the Planeswalker decks for that. The problem is... 
those decks are kind of like theme decks for new players, and those are really yeah. awkward cards flavor-wise to put in. But what's what's the advantage of putting it in the Planeswalker deck? Why, why don't you just put it in the standard packs? <laughs> because they're released at the same yeah. time, right? I think yes. they're thinking it would be a way to maybe get them in the format faster. Like, maybe Wizards could not have those designed already. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's like a way... Like, remember the... Like, the core sets did stuff like that. Like, there was, like, cards that were technically legal, but not in the yeah. booster packs. So it, it yeah. preserves the draft environment, but right. I'm not sure that Rest in Peace with Pithing Needle would totally hose yeah. your, your draft environment. And then and then if you re- talk about having an issue with those Planeswalker packs, you have, like, legitimate cards in there? I don't know. All right, next question from Danny Sims Music. What if Wizards suspended cards from Standard instead of banning? So banned for three months... Uh, Oh, ban until three months after the Pro Tour? Yeah. I think it also makes it worse. All right. Next question from Peter Pascua. Playing a paid Moto event opponent copycat combo game one I lost game three timing out thoughts on making opponent play out combos what is the scenario I'm very confused so Um, the opponent is on copycat but then they lost game three timing themselves out I'm I'm not sure exactly why that's relevant but I think the idea is um, should I have made my opponent make 30 cats or whatever and go through the combo to eat up their clock and then maybe I wouldn't have timed out first if I had made my opponent play out the combo instead of just scooping once I knew they had infinite combo oh I see and I for me personally I unless I think I have an out like my opponent's gaining infinite life but I have a way to win the game that can win through infinite life I just scoop I don't think it's wrong to make your opponent play it out and it probably depends on the the level of the event it's different in a ptq than a two-player queue but for me i just scoop that's my personal uh feelings on it yeah it depends on my mood sometimes i'll just scoop be nice sometimes i'll just be like you chose to play the combo deck on moto so combo me <laughs> out other times i actually have an answer and i feel bad because i'm like i'm gonna make you make like 50 splinterton tokens and then i'm gonna zealous persecution <laughs> so yeah you're gonna have to do it <laughs> So I, I don't know. I, I've mixed on this. Either I think any answer is correct. I don't think there's an expected courtesy or something. I mean, it's just how Moda works. So if you play this deck, uh, be sure that you can actually combo out in an efficient manner and be aware that you're going to probably have to do it against somebody because someone might be very salty and make you do it like every single game no matter how dead they are and no matter what the clock is at. The one thing, yeah. the one thing that you don't do, and I've had some people do this, is they like intentionally try to make the combo as hard as possible like uh they'll click okay and then let you do one action and then won't click okay right away wait a couple seconds then they'll click okay again and then you go to the next part of your combo and intentionally try to like mess you up that way i think that's across the line in my opinion is oh so they don't they don't f6 but they just put random stops and when they decide to respond to your action yeah to either like make it so you can't just smoothly click your buttons to eat up time or maybe to try to get you to misclick because there's this herky jerkiness and maybe you double click thinking you're just going through your loop when really it's still their priority because they didn't click okay yet so don't do the weird manipulation stuff but if you want to make people play it out that's up to you yeah i think it also like for me it depends on the combo like if it's something like splinter twin and and like the pester mite or the the cat stuff like that's like one thing but if there's something legitimate like you have that the player has to go through the motions and has the potential to mess it up then i'll let them play it out or show me enough that you know what you're doing but other than that like yeah it's it's a scoop but for me against me not that i'll ever be playing the combo decks other than like the easy stuff but definitely make me go through the motions because i probably will mess that so, so, sometimes they side sideboard out their actual win con. 
<laughs> like, oh, where's the tendrils? Oh no, right. the tendrils not actually in my dick. What happened? <laughs> so what? Hey, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm just impatient, and I would rather, yeah, maybe there's a five yeah. percent chance that I win, but it's not worth me sitting here for ten minutes while you eggs me to death. Probably, yeah. I'm just gonna. I would scoop. I would scoop in a in a grand finals of a pro tour. I mean, if it's, I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> hey, the thirty thousand I lost as a loss is a loss. If I scoop now or scoop later, what's the difference? It's a loss. <laughs> right. It's a loss. Next question from Darkness Zora. As I like to brew in modern, what are some of the best answers to the current meta to have in the main for a green white deck? It's a very broad question. Uh, scavenging ooze. Uh, I would definitely want to have some sort of land hate. I think the Ghost Quarter, Leon, yeah. and Arbiter package is really good. Ooh, it depends yeah. on your style of deck, but there's a ton of Tron and Eldrazi decks right now near the top of the format. And I also think the format's a bit weak to worship at the moment. So I, I'm tempted to pull a troll worship type deck back out again because a lot of the top decks seem like they don't have answers to that at the moment. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, mm. uh, I'll, I'll let you guys in on my secret tech secret tech where I'm playing white in every single deck just cause oh, yeah? condemn condemn's a pretty good one condemn you just wrath the board of death shadows <laughs> and it's a it's a one matter removal spell and it's it's pretty sweet usually the life doesn't matter and if they have like two death shadows and a goif and hit you with a goif or something you can just condemn the goif killed two death shadows and uh get the the old three for one with one mana you can get some sweet ones with uh primal command the same way because you can make target player gain seven lives so i've definitely two for one some death shadow players by forcing them to gain life command yeah Yeah. have you actually seen the uh the jund list uh was it the the kabu predator Oh yeah, I think that yeah. was Kava Predator. With, with yeah. Burning uh, Grove of the Bird. That Wolves. was um, yeah. Someone was playing that. John. Someone was streaming that. Yeah, Tom Ross. Yeah, that's right. Devour Flesh. Devour Flesh is an awesome card. Yeah, I love yeah. that Condemn. That's really good, Richard. There's a lot of weird cards you can play now just because Death Shadow is a thing, and uh, the <laughs> the downside of your opponent gaining life is suddenly an upside. So. Yeah, so go ahead. All right, next question from JJ8907. Which modern deck would you recommend? Black, white, or blue, white hate bears? I like slow, grindy matches. Then I think black, white is the way to go. What what is blue, white hate bears? I've never even heard of that. I've actually, I was just looking at a list. A couple popped up from the TCG States events, but it's it's very similar to the mono white hate bear list or death and okay. taxes list, but uh, with some like meddling mages thrown in there. Sometimes a Pharah got to the polls to draw some cards. So just like a few uh, judges familiars, some weird random blue cards. I think the black white one though is the definitely the more tested list and the yes. more tier of the list at this point and where why blue white is kind of this rogue tier three deck that maybe it has legs to move up the format but i if i was going to choose my primary deck i would definitely go white black just because it's got more of a of a history behind it at this point yeah i agree and plus i mean bitter blossom that's just that's as grindy as it gets <laughs> all right next question from a markness bomb do you think we'll ever see two set symbols on cards? After 27 years, they have to be running out of ideas. Two set symbols? Uh, Wait, two half sets in one set? I don't know. Yeah, like maybe they foreshadow, like you have a split card, and then one of the halves Ooh. is like the next set in the block. Uh or maybe a literal flashback where like the card inside is an old reprint. That would be outside. interesting. I like that idea. Although it depends on what card it is, but <laughs> oh, what what's that card? Oh, that bottle or whatever that destroys all cards from the Arabian Nights. Oh, a uh, bottle of uh <laughs> so, you know, in like a what bottle? if you had cards like like destroy all cards from Almond Cat? <laughs> and then you just randomly have cards with the Almond Cat set symbol on them. I can see something like this happening, as weird as it sounds. Like, they are running out of design space, and maybe they start bringing sets into it. Because they they did it before with the Arabian Night stuff, right? Uh, Yeah, I... 
I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, yes, maybe they could, <laughs> but I don't want them to do that. I, that that seems pretty, pretty uh, forced and cheesy as far as a, a mechanic of a set. <laughs> Well, what about like hybrid rarities? <laughs> You're a mythic common. <laughs> we we apparently already uh, have those. If you believe some people, oh, because of yeah, how true. the sheets are printed, that's a that's a mythic uncommon fatal push. <laughs> Wizards doesn't print them like a normal uncommon. Oh no, yeah. It might as well I, be a rare. They've already combined so many. They combined the mana symbol. If I told you 25 years ago that you'd have a thing called blue black mana. Or you have a thing called blue slash pay to life mana. You would have been like that. You'd that's be laughed out of the one yeah. term. Now you're like you could have a mythic uncommon, and you can have an Amonkhet slash uh, hours of devastation card. Maybe maybe it's time to time to come. It just seems so parasitic. Like the like mechanics that are based around us that like by their nature have to be parasitic. I mean, I just I don't understand what that would. Do like how do you have tiers of a of a rarity? All right, all right, no, no. How about this? Okay, so you have a card in Omencast, okay, and it has a new mechanic called Foreshadow or something. Okay, and the Foreshadow is the split card inside, and it's a card from Hour of Devastation. Oh, mm, okay. Again, that card will be an Hour of Devastation, but it gives you a glimpse into the future set, and somehow mechanically and storyline wise, it plays into this. You know what? You know what? They could do. They sh- maybe they could do that, and that's how they're. You know, so they're not locked out for like two years to get their hate cards in there. They could just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. Here's rest in peace. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> however you have to do it. Right, I'm going to save this clip because when we do our 200th episode, oh, <laughs> it's yes. going to be true by then. They're going to do weird things. Watch. Okay. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, next question, or last question from iPad MTG. Would a larger card pool for standard be a solution for WotC Magic, either bringing back core sets or longer rotation? And I think the, the prefix to this was uh, this person didn't like short rotation because it prices them out of standard. Well, I don't, uh, well, I don't know about longer than we're at now. I think that would be... Uh, the problem is yeah. then things that are way too good, like uh, Gideon's got to leave the format at some point. We're already past, the, past that point, and I don't know if I could that stand another gonna... year of Gideon in the format or something. Uh, bringing back core sets, though, is interesting, just because I think that's a place where wizards can put cards that aren't on flavor with the block. So I think we are, to some sen- in some sense, missing core sets, but I don't know how how wizards would put that into the schedule. I don't think we can have just a fifth standard set a year. We're already like maxed out, I think, as far as the number of sets they can print in standard. Yeah, I think what ended up happening is the the problem with the course. Now, if you just bring back the original, like the way the core sets were usually ran, where it's like basically just reprints, maybe that works because once you start including like new car, I think what really the course that started spiraling out of control was when you included new cards into those sets. I mean, I just remember, I mean, I think just things went downhill once you started including stuff like Baneslayer Angel and the Titans and, and like the, the flip walkers. Like then the problem is it's like you're, yes, you get the, the non on flavor stuff. So you could reprint like something like Pithing Needle. Then you have like all these new cards and they're like doing their own degenerate stuff. So so what do you think about this? I think someone on Reddit suggested this or something similar. Instead of a core set, what about having a yearly like box set type release? Almost like those welcome decks that have legal and standard cards that aren't in any set. But maybe yeah. like 50 cards or 30 cards that Wizards wants to have in standard. You pay one price and you get like a dual deck type thing. And those cards are legal and standard, but you don't have a real set and it would be a way to get reprints into the format if Wizards thought they would be helpful or healthy in the format. I mean, that doesn't like seem great on the surface, but I think that's probably the best way to go about it, as like as weird as that sounds. 
it would just be a, a box that, like, I guess is mass-produced. You just make sure they're at Walmart or whatever. There's a huge, like, it's almost like, you know, those intro packs that were, like, everywhere. Um, and you have, like, just play sets of stuff that's in there that is just reprints, I guess. The problem is it's, like, if you put, I mean, I don't know. That's, like, a whole... It, it like kind of spawns its own new problem because what if the the reprints in there are like expensive and then you have like how many do you put in there and then you know how much does it cost and then I don't know but I I do think like once you get past that I mean it is a pretty good idea well don't they just make the sets bigger and just put the reprints in the actual standard sets they're so married to flavor right now that yeah. they're just like if it isn't like instead of relic of progenitus relic of bolus like is that really going to cause a problem well what what if what if like you know like they insert like those tip cards or whatever like they they're just in the pack but you just pull them out and they're not you don't draft with them like they're their own like set numbered things like you can't draft with them I mean, I guess you could just have a, a slot in the pack that was for cards like that. Almost Maybe, like it would be know. like a, like the time-shifted cards in Time Spiral. Like almost yeah. exactly that, where it's like an extra rare, but it's an old reprinted card. Right. And you just don't draft with those. Like you just pull them out and you put them to the side and you just don't draft. I don't know. I think there would be some cases where, I mean, it wouldn't matter with Relic of Progenitus, but I could imagine cards that you wouldn't want eight of to be legal and modern, for example. Yeah, like a functional reprint of Lightning Bolt would probably be a really bad idea. With a, I mean, I guess that's a generic enough of a name that it wouldn't really matter. But I don't think you could have Bolt of Bolus and have it be the same text as Lightning Bolt without messing up right. modern. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think they would do that anyway. But yeah, no, but I, I mean, you're right. So they would have to actually be non like they would have to be like the actual original cards, not like functional stuff. All right, so that's all, right. all of our fish mail this week. If you have any questions, remember, tweet at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get to them on air. Awesome. All right, gentlemen, uh, I think that wraps everything up that we wanted to talk about. Um, anything out the door? Like a random... Are we on to Almond Cat? When, when is Almond Cat starting? From what, from what I was told, and this was a week ago, that it would be two weeks. So... It releases April 28th, which means pre-release is the 21st, which means we should start... two weeks. Two weeks from today, I think, should be the start of spoilers. Yeah, you're right. Uh, So it should be, if I'm reading this correctly, Monday the 3rd? That would be my guess, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, just right around April Fool's. Oh, maybe that's what this card is. Maybe this is the April Fool's joke. This ugly almond cat. They put it in the pack on purpose as an April Fool's joke, and really, it's going to be something awesome and beautiful. They they just ignored the sign that said "Don't open until April." Outside of the booster. (laughs) Maybe I think that's a great place to end it, Uh, gentlemen. Great cast, everyone else. We will see you all next time. Uh, This is going to be the Goldfish Crew signing out.